630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Western Hockey League after two periods. Oil Kings at Wheat Kings. It's tied 1-1. NHL action tonight. We have the Panthers. Oh, my goodness. It is now 9-3. 9-3. The Panthers leading the Lightning with about six and a half minutes left. Hurricanes up 4-0 on the Canadians late in the third. Predators and Blue Jackets in the final two minutes. They're tied 3-3. The uh, Islanders lead the Sabres 3-1. That's early in the third. Flames in Seattle later. Vancouver at Los Angeles. And the Flyers are going to play the Sharks. The Oilers and New Jersey Devils face off tomorrow. Furnace Family Oilers hockey starts at 9-30 here on 6-30. Chet with the face-off show and then the game at 11. I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports from the NHL Network and a three-time Stanley Cup champion with the New Jersey Devils, Ken Danico. Ken, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, thank you. I hope you're keeping warm. My sister tells me, as some people may not know, I grew up in Edmonton. I think a lot of people do know that, but they tell me it's cold, so I hope you're staying warm. I am staying warm. Uh, my phone tells me it's minus 28. I will trust my phone and not go out to check myself. <laughs> Sound fair? <laughs> Sounds fair. Sounds fair. <laughs> now, were you uh, were you an outdoor rink kid growing up at Edmonton, or uh, where did it start? Oh no, no doubt about it. Absolutely, I grew up in uh, Greenfield, south side of Edmonton, and like all the young kids uh, growing up, uh, yeah, they went out and skated on the rink or pond, or uh, you had nothing to do. So I, I loved it. That was my passion, and yes, uh, I would go out in those cold, bitter. Uh, days where we'd stay out on the ice all day. <laughs> and which uh, which NHL players of the time did you imagine that you uh, were or were playing with? Did you have a hero? Well, I was I was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan growing up. Uh, the Oilers were not part of the NHL yet, although I watched the Oilers in the WHA days. I loved it. It was physical. It was nasty. It was a lot of fun at the time, and and a lot of people know I. I grew up with uh, Mark Messier. He was a little older than me, so I got to see them winning Stanley Cups. He was a big mentor of mine. But I was a Leafs fan, so uh, guys like Daryl Sittler and Lanny McDonald, Boya Salming, Earl Thompson, those were my guys. I know they didn't have a whole lot of success, but I was a big Leafs fan, yes, growing up, and, and got to play against some of those guys, which you had to pinch yourself the first time you played a game against guys that you watched when you were 10 years old and you idolized. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, and you were, I just had Rob Brown on the show. Uh, and you guys, uh, well, he said you came back and what was the story? You were with the Devils and then you, you joined the yes. Kamloops Junior Oilers for the Memorial Cup. What's the story there? Yes, I, I well made the play for the Devils as a 19-year-old kid and broke my leg the 11th game of the year in a little scuffle and broke my fibula bone and missed most of the year. So I was up in New Jersey till March and I was drafted out of Seattle. They traded my rights to Kamloops because the Devils had made an arrangement so that I went to a a good team at the time. So I'd get to play a lot of hockey and we certainly got to play a lot of hockey in Kamloops. We ended up winning the Western Hockey League and yes, played the Memorial Cup with with two 15-year-olds, Rob Brown and Greg Haga, great young players. Dean Everson, the 
successful coach of the Minnesota Wild, now just got an extension. He was our captain. Daryl Ray was the goaltender who broadcast for Dallas, so there's a lot of good, fun memories along the way. We didn't win it, but we had a good time. Mary Lemieux was, was in that Memorial Cup as well. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Dean Evison. I'm glad you, you brought up his, his extension that he got today. He's been quite a success story with uh, with the Wild. I, I don't know how long you wound up playing for him, but did you see, and I know this might be tough, but did, did you see the coach in him or other players that maybe you played with that went on to become coaches? Did, did you Can you see that in guys while they're playing? Well, you know what? That's a good question. And we get asked that all the time. And there's some guys that went on to be successful general managers that I played with or successful coaches that not in a million years I thought they would be a coach or GM or executive. But you just never know uh, as everybody evolves. And uh, there's certain players that you think, yeah, they could make a real good coach during playing days when you reflect. And Dean Everson was certainly one of them. I would say he was the captain, like I said, of the Camelot Soilers when I played way back junior hockey with him, played against him in the National Hockey And he was just a fiery, uh, passionate, very competitive guy. And I think he brings that to Minnesota and his coaching style as far as, you know, he holds you accountable and the players have really responded to him. He's doing, doing a great job. And their general manager, Billy Guerin's one of my dear friends who I won a Stanley Cup with in 95. So I have all kinds of connections with the Minnesota Wild. And good to see these guys having some success. Did you ever consider coaching? Well, like, did you did you ever have any aspiration to do that when you were done playing? Uh, you know what? I mean, I, I knew I wanted to stay in the game of hockey, and certainly, you know, always contemplated along the way. I, I, I thought maybe more in an executive role or, or of building a team at the time. But you know, I, I got into broadcasting. I've been with the New Jersey Devils for 40 years in some capacity, whether as a player. And I'm very grateful for that, whether as a player or, or uh, in the community, I, I've been working for them forever. And, yes, I do NHL Network as well, kind of as a side gig, which I enjoy. And the studios are right here in New Jersey. But uh, the Devils have been uh, wonderful to me, and I feel very grateful. Like I said, been with them since a 19-year-old kid. I'm 57 years old now. And, and, and they still ask my opinion a lot, and I respect that. I love that, whether it's ownership, whether it's management. Well, they, they talk to me along the way and my feelings and what made us successful in certain things along the way. So for me, I, I'm just happy to be with the organization, happy to be in the game. And, and I love calling games. It's a lot of fun, and I'm passionate about it. I just root for their success, and I understand now how difficult it is to win. I mean, to be part of three Stanley Cup championship teams and watching a young group grow and try to get better and try to figure out ways uh, to win. It's not easy to win in this league. It's not easy to win games. It's not easy to make the playoffs and certainly not easy to win a championship, as we know, because there's only one team that can win. But I look back and I, I can't believe how grateful I am for for the teams I played on and what it took to win. And and uh, it's not, like I said, it's a difficult task and it's very gratifying once you do it with a group of guys, when you have a good core group of guys. And, and I was grateful enough and fortunate enough to win it three times. But, man, it is tough and I root for these guys. And we're still going through those growing pains uh, as a young Devils team, we've got a lot of good young pieces, a lot of good young talent. It's just about figuring out how to win on a nightly basis. Okay, well, and there's a good transition. Ken Danico joining us tonight on Inside Sports. We're setting up the Oilers and the Devils tomorrow. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll start with Jack Hughes. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of attention on this young man. Uh, I think he's at 11 points in 14 games this season. Tell us a little bit about Hughes. 
Well, they put, made a big commitment to him and, and have faith and trust that he's going to be uh, the future because they signed him to an eight-year deal, and uh, they believe, obviously, that he's going to be the guy to lead the way, and, and I do as well. I mean, he's just a highly intelligent hockey player with great skill that uh, came into the league very young, and, and, you know, there's only a few Connor McDavid's and Austin Matthews, number one overall picks that are generational players that can have a huge impact the day they step into the National Hockey League. But you're seeing it come with Jack Hughes. He may have had his best game last night against the Buffalo Sabres. You just saw his ability to think the game at a very high level and the way all the great players do. And uh, he's got a ways to go, no question about it. And, and he's growing with a young team along the way, and he's got a good, a lot of good young pieces around him. But, it, but it's just understanding what you can and can't do uh, in the National Hockey League, you know, when you're a top player like Jack Hughes or any of these young top players coming out of whether it's juniors or college or the U.S. development program like he did, the game is easy for them. They, they're, they're able to do things that uh, uh, other players can't. And, yeah, you have a little more time when you're playing with guys your age. All of a sudden, you come to the best league in the world, and now it's figuring all that out. And he's starting to figure it out. He had an excellent game last night. And now it's doing it on a consistent basis. But I think the Devils have a really good one uh, moving forward because he's one of the elite players they haven't had in a long time. As far as skill sets and skating ability and, and creativity with the puck and things like that. So now it's, a, it's all up to Jack Hughes. Sky's the limit. But he had one of his best games last night where you could see that he was a step ahead processing the game uh, for most, against most of the players on the ice. And that's what you want to see a little more on a consistent basis and understanding when he's got to move the puck and when he doesn't have the time. And, and those are things uh, all young players go through, I believe, uh, to, to become that elite player. But I think he has the capability of being a star in the league. Uh, Dougie Hamilton. Uh, you know, obviously uh, a player that uh, joined the Devils in the off season. Uh, we, we know he can put up uh, points, uh, you know, a lot of really good seasons throughout the course of his career. How has he fit in there and what's his contribution been? You know, he, he's played really well. And, and it was an element the Devils haven't had in a long time, a bona fide number one guy that can produce offense and, and you know, join the attack and, and just think the game offensively the way you need to play in today's game, as it's evolved, defensemen have to be uh, a p big part of it now, and we know that. But, you know, uh, he's played well. The Devils haven't won a whole lot of games, and they started really well. And the big difference when they went 7-3-2, and two, I think, in their first 12, they were healthy. Their goaltending was intact, and that's half the game to me. Your goal to, you only go as far as your goaltenders. And Blackwood and Bernier just have not been healthy all year long. They've used six goal net minors. I know Edmonton at times has... has talked about trouble in the net and, and you have to have consistency and and they haven't had burn they signed bernier to be that stabilizing veteran guy and he was that first 10 games now he's out for an extended period and blackwood could be an elite goaltender it's about consistency and he hadn't been healthy along the way so they've had to use guys that probably weren't ready for this stage quite yet and it really set them back where they lost 10 of 11 had broke a six-game losing streak last night, but they compete against everybody. They're a fast, fun team, and they can 
they can win hockey games if anybody takes them away. They got a lot of good young skill, but it's it's finding that way to win, getting the big save when they need it, needing that big play. But Dougie Hamilton, for the most part, all season long, and especially the first 12 games, the biggest difference was Hamilton and Graves. They gave that's where the Devils were really struggling over the years, and they had two bona fide defensemen. Graves more on the defensive end, but he's chipped in a little offensively. It's just understanding the game and being able to make plays in their own zone and and do things other defensemen they haven't had capable of doing so they need some help certainly along the way and everybody's kind of got to come together but they played well Dougie Hamilton's done a really good job here and I I expect them to only get better as the team gets better together yeah well I mean you hit on the goaltending right that's that's so much of it and it looks like Mike Smith's going to be in goal for for Edmonton so we'll see how that matchup goes okay Ken I always love having you on the show I'm going to throw one more at you Sure. I've I've never asked you this before, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You might find this to be an irritating question, and you can tell me if you think it is. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> you, you won three Stanley Cups, uh, so 95, 2000, and 2003. If those yeah. three Devils teams were to play like a little tournament, maybe you play each other two or four times each, who, who would win? Who would win? Oh, wow. I've never been asked that. You know that I always ask which was my favorite team what's your favorite cup a lot of people think it's the first one because it's a dream come true i used to carry a garbage can over my head in the streets of edmonton as far as playing road hockey and pretending it was the stanley cup you know so yes that was a dream and i look at all three teams a little bit differently our 95 team was big tough character could play any way you wanted it uh and that was that type of team 2000 I would say was probably our deepest, best team. We were the best team in the National Hockey League, top to bottom. Goals for, I think we were second in the league, best defensive team in the league from goals against standpoint. And I had the great Marty Broder, obviously. And 2003 probably wasn't our best team, but we knew how to win because we had that experience and we had that core group that knew how to win where I didn't think we were the best team. We weren't the best uh players we were the best team we we obviously when you win the cup but we just knew how to win so if you're asking me which team would beat which team i i would have to go between the 2000 team and the 95 team would have a pretty pretty good seven game series and i'll go with the 2000 team <laughs> okay there you go well for anybody who owns one of those fantasy hockey games they can play that out tonight and uh, let us know the results that's pretty fun hey i uh, can always love having you on the show thanks for being so generous with your time uh, enjoy the game tomorrow man and we'll talk down the road my pleasure should be a fun game enjoy there in edmonton i hope you guys are all doing well Right on. That is Ken Danico checking in. Uh, covers the New Jersey Devils for MSG+. Plus. He's also on the NHL network. So, well, I'm glad he'd never been asked that before. I said, who would win a tournament between the three Stanley Cup teams you were on? 95, 2000, 2003. And he gives the edge to the uh, to the 2000 team. That's pretty fun. I love having Ken on the show. And as uh, as he mentioned, grew up here in Edmonton and was playing on outdoor rinks as, as a kid. <laughs> and he, and as he said, he's getting updates from his from his family about how cold it is here in Edmonton. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a little bit cold, right? I mean, we've all been through worse. We're gonna we're gonna be okay. You just gotta stay inside when you can. I I was driving. What day was it? I think it was the twenty third. So it was it was pretty cold on the twenty third. I don't think it was below minus thirty, but I saw two people running. And and I run. I mean, I've talked about my running on this show before. And I, but in this winter, I do not run outside. 
Uh, I used to go to the rec center, and last fall uh, I got a treadmill, which is actually just a few feet behind me here in my luxurious basement. And that's now that's where, like in the summer, I love going out for runs and going down to the river valley and doing hills if I'm up to it and all that kind of stuff. But in the winter, I just don't run. And to me, it's it's not just the temperature, which let's face it would be a problem. But I always think, how do you run on the footing? How do you? I mean, even if the sidewalks are or clear you might hit a patch where it's not cleared or you know there could always be some ice or some snow around so i i really admire people who go out and run in the winter and on december i was trying to think where i, I saw i was approaching the high level bridge from the south so i'd come down scona road and there was somebody running around there and then i got up the i got up the hill and I was, yeah, just south of Jasper 95th, I believe. And there was somebody else out for a run. I was like, what's going on? I'm seeing two runners on the same day on December 23rd when it's it's colder than minus 20. So I, I really admire the people that get out and do that because I, I could not, I, I, I don't know. I guess it's like anything else. Once you start doing it, then it just becomes a habit. So kudos to those people who make it their habit to run outdoors year round in Edmonton. Cause for me, once it pretty much gets into October, it's like, yeah, indoor treadmill time. That's good. <laughs> I'm good. I had a good, I had a good summer getting out there. Uh, it started to cool off a little bit. So uh, I'm going to run indoors, but I suppose, I mean, obviously you bundle up and once you're moving, you're going to warm up a little bit, but, but again, the footing, I, I think I'd be just so nervous about, am I going to plant on some ice and slip and fall or something like that? But anyway, uh, I did see some people out running. I, I think it was December 23rd. It was just before Christmas. So not as, as cold as it got, but it was still pretty cold already then. Okay. Uh, we had to call a quick timeout. Great to have Ken Danico on the show. It's inside sports on 630 chat. Turn up the radio by autograph, a classic. How can you not think that? Let's update the scoreboard here. Four and a half minutes into the third period. Oil Kings won, Wheat Kings won in Brandon in the NHL. The Islanders, who the Oilers are going to play on Saturday, lead the Sabres 4-1. That's with about two and a half minutes left in the third. Predators and Blue Jackets are now in a shootout. The game tied 3-3. The Hurricanes shut out the Canadians, who are stuck on just seven wins on the season. Teravainen scores twice for the Hurricanes. He's now up to nine on the season. And the Panthers finish off the Lightning. 9-3 is the final. How about that? Uh, the score in each period, 3-1. 3-1, 3-1, 3-1. That's the line score going across. And the uh, Panthers win that one, 9-3. Still to come tonight, Canucks. On that big winning streak I was talking about earlier, visiting the LA Kings, the Flames take on the tentacle team, and it's going to be the Flyers visiting the Sharks to close out the action tonight. Oilers and Devils tomorrow. Face-off show is at 9.30 here on 6.30. Ched will drop the puck at 11. Game two of the Oilers' five-game road trip. So some of the notes for Edmonton, you got Darnell Nurse taking the red eye last night. Uh, he watched the game between the Oilers and the Blues and then got on the plane and flew to New Jersey. He practiced today. He's out of COVID protocol. William Lagason out of COVID protocol was on the ice. And yes, he pulled the RV as well. Now the Bison King and Nurse will uh, will play. I'm not so sure Lagason is going to get in, but uh, that is the changes there. Those are the changes for the Edmonton Oilers with Dmitry Samarukov being assigned to the Bakersfield Condors. Mike Smith will be the goaltender. 
and Dave Tippett didn't give any other details about the uh, plan with the goaltenders, but you would think that it's going to be Miko Koskinen against the uh, the Islanders. So that is the lowdown. That is the lowdown for what's coming up for the Oilers tomorrow. As uh, you know, I was talking about the standings earlier. They're still in there. They're they're in a wild card spot. They got some leeway thanks to the hot start, but they're starting to give some of it back. So we'll see if they can respond. I, I think certainly they uh, are going to get a boost from. I mean, here's the thing: Sam Rukov comes out, who only played two and a half minutes. Darnell Nurse is going to come in and probably play. 23 25 minutes in that range so that should certainly be an upgrade on on defense so we'll look for nurse to have an impact and uh, as rob brown mentions probably pulley rv going back up there with uh with mcdavid and hyman and then we'll see if they move fogel to the third line or uh keep him in the top six and maybe yamamoto moves down yamamoto hasn't put up a ton of points this season all things we will know once they hit the ice for the morning skate okay Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hey, if uh, if you like the show, tell a friend or two. We'd love to have them join us. And if you don't like the show, well, uh, tell an enemy, and then they can suffer as you have suffered. <laughs> Big thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Your studio producer this evening is Chris Gardner. Hope you have a great evening. I'll talk to you at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Have a good night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.